All episodes of the Garage Build podcast are recorded live in the Law Fran studios. The law offices of Fran Hosh, Palm Harbor, Florida. Call 1-866-LAW-FRAN or go to lawfran.com. The law offices of Fran Hosh, serving the Tampa Bay biker community for over 20 years. Welcome back to the Garageville Podcast. I am Jason Hallman, your gracious host. Hey, this episode of the Garageville Podcast was recorded in the Law Friend Studios. Call 1-866-LAW-FRAN. Follow at Fran Hosh Law Group for more information. SNS Cycles, for nearly seven decades, SNS Cycles has engineered and produced the finest American-made quality aftermarket parts for American V-Twins. Whether on the street or on the track, Choose SNS Cycles for your next performance upgrade. Visit sscycle.com and follow SNS Cycles on social media at sscycle. We're brought to you by Team Dream Rides in Maryville, Tennessee, located only minutes from the tail of the dragon. Dream Rides specializes in performance engine upgrades, used bike sales, service, maintenance, and repair. Visit teamdreamrides.com and follow at Dream Rides Tennessee on Instagram to keep up with all the latest news. Billy Lane's Sons of Speed Vintage Motorcycle Racing is coming to New Smyrna Speedway this March 4th. Go to BillyLane.net and click the Eventbrite link, and you can purchase pre-sale tickets to the race. You're also going to find tons of officially licensed Choppers Inc. and Sons of Speed merchandise on that site. Join me, Billy, and the Sons of Speed family this March in New Smyrna. Going to knock your socks off. A banked oval, 100-year-old motorcycles going 65 to 85 miles an hour. It's amazingly exciting. Can't wait to be there. Myself, 1620 Workwear is still keeping us donned in the finest Made in the USA workwear, guaranteed for life. Visit 1620USA.com. Make sure you're using the discount code SPEED2022, and you're going to save 20% at checkout. Also, make sure you're following 1620USA on social media at 1620USA. Have a fantastic episode here for you. We went to Gibtown two Saturdays ago, and I got to spend the day getting to meet a bunch of the Sons of Speed racers. They had 24 motorcycles there. Now, Fast Freddy Bullage and myself uh, have been friends for quite a few years. Fast Freddy, of course, is from Godspeed Racing, one of the largest teams in the Sons of Speed family. He's excited to sit down finally, talk to him, and you're going to hear all about it right now on this episode. Thanks for listening. You're listening to the Garage Build Podcast with your host, Jason Coleman. It sounds kind of echoey. It does sound echoey? Yeah, yeah. It's, it has to do with kind of the way the microphones are set up. I'm going to turn off some of these other microphones, though, so there's no other ambient noise coming in. It'll keep it down a little bit. And it won't sound bad yeah, in the recording. You can hear the people with this better than you can. You can't even hear them right now. Yeah, I know. It's kind of funny. These That's mi- weird. The it's these like hearing aids. Yeah. And these are, these are microphones that are uh, specifically for conversation like this. Like, I used to have a setup that you could wear, but uh, somebody broke in my trailer and stole them. And I tried to find them in a pawn shop, but they was gone. <laughs> they stole that. They stole my bike lock, and they stole, like a bag of like nothing tools you know what i mean i hate thieves yeah thieves well you suck. know what you do, you know what you do on your trailer you shrink wrap it with some kind of dumb shit like my roofing company yeah 
like I don't need I would never shrink wrap my um, race my trailer. race trailer with yeah, Harley no, Davidson and race this and race that or. they just popped the door lock on the side and went in there and, and it was I don't know it just sucks because I hate it when people steal my stuff yeah, put something like hazardous blood or freaking hazard hazmat stuff like do yeah. not enter, you'll die. Yeah. <laughs> put something stupid like that on there. <laughs> I've been wanting to do this with you for a long time. We've talked about I you know. coming over to the shop. You just you live on kind of on the other side of the other side of the bay from me, so it's kinda of hard. And you work a lot. That's the problem, the work part. Right. We gotta find a way to where we don't have to work anymore, Freddie. Where Dude. we can just do podcast stuff and, and do do racing and motorcycle stuff with our motorcycle friends. I wish. Um, so we're at Gibtown Bike Fest, and uh, there's like um, one, two, a couple dozen motorcycles here for here for the race, for the Sons of Speed racing. Somebody's backfiring, it sounds like. Yep, there's 22 of them. 22 total. Yeah. How did you get involved in Sons of Speed? So, because I know that you you've known you've known the brothers Lane for quite a long time. Were you were you at the inaugural event? Did you come in on the, on the very front, or is this something that just kind of gonna start starting all the motorcycles that's up. all right we can still talk through that they sound cool yeah no actually um the first sons of speed race before it ever took place um i was at a swap meet and i was looking at an old 45 uh, motorcycle that i was gonna purchase for um my collection just you know Kind of have. Yep, I was I was actually buying motorcycle parts that I thought would be, you know, good for the future. That you know, my like my 401k. Right. Yeah. I was just collecting parts that I thought would you know go up in value and would be worth something later on. So I would go to swap meets and stuff like that. Well. <laughs> well, in the midst of looking at this motorcycle and buying it. Warren Lane walked up and shook the guy's hand, and they knew each other, and he wanted to buy the motorcycle. Right. So um, me and him started talking, and just briefly, and um, he invited me to the Sons of Speed. Okay. And I introduced myself as Freddie, and he introduced himself as Warren, and I walked away, and one of my buddies, um, Derek, um, who owns a chopper shop over in Tampa, he said, do you know who that was you were talking to? And I was like, his name's Warren. <laughs> and he's like, dude, that's Warren Lane. He goes, that's one of the greatest chopper builders in of the world. Time, yeah. He goes, that's Billy Lane's brother. I said, are you kidding me? And he's like, no. I said, well, he just invited me to the Sons of Speed race. He said his brother's putting on a Sons of Speed race. So I took it that it was Billy that was putting on the Sons of Speed race. Right. And um, he told me that it, this was like in um, September. And the first, the, the, was the first race at a Biketoberfest or was it in March? Because it, it was, was Biketoberfest. It was in 16, it wasn't was, it? It was supposed to be in Biketoberfest. And that's why we were at the swap meet. And I met Warren and he introduced me. Um, to the Sons of Speed and he says why don't you come check it out it's pretty cool right on and when um, October came around the hurricane hit the track took the bandstands and throwed it on the field right and they had to cancel the first Sons of Speed so they had to bring it to the, to March so 
from September to March. I only met Warren one time, and he entered, he invited me to the Sons of Speed. I've never ever seen anything old like that. I've never right. been into anything old like that. The oldest motorcycles that I was looking at were, you know, um, 45s and shovel heads. Right. Because that's what I yeah what you knew that's what right. I knew and that's what I liked so you know um, March came around and my buddy Derek said hey you know that Sons of Speed race is coming up you want to go to it and I said hell yeah so I got online and I looked at the tickets and I bought ten VIP passes for for my friends right and uh, and my two sons so. We packed up, went to Daytona for the weekend, and I took my VIP passes and I went over and, of course, I got to go on a tour through Billy Lane's um, shop, the shop, shop when he had it in Daytona. shop in Daytona. That was the one that was up in Port Orange, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And um, I met Billy, and and you know when I first met, when I first walked in, there was a whole group of people that had VIP passes that he was talking to. Right. And I kind of stood in the back and I waited until, you know, I had my opportunity. And and Billy came up to me and I introduced myself as Freddie. And he goes, oh, you're the guy that bought the 10 VIP passes. He goes, I was wondering who you were. He goes, someone's spending that much money and buying that many passes. I said, well, I wanted all my friends to experience what a real chopper shop is like. Because they're trying to put a chopper shop together. Right. You know, and I, you know, I wanted them to come and visit and see, you know, what what the expectations really are sure that it's not so easy to just open up a chopper shop yeah you don't need more you need more than a lift and, and the tools that you already have and, and that yeah. stuff yeah I mean because they all have desires to you know do it but to do it right it's one way and to you know and to have a dream and for it to fail is really a hard thing for some people yeah and I don't I didn't want that for any of my friends so I, I got the passes I brought my sons over there Billy came up to me, introduced himself to me. He took me on a personal tour through his shop, brought me in his office, showed me the racers and stuff like that. Right. Then I packed my stuff up and went to the racetrack. I pulled in the racetrack, and as soon as I pulled into the racetrack, I got my truck in line to go into the pits. I gave him my um, my confirmation for my VIP. They gave me my lanyards, and... Um, Tony was there running the gate, and right. I have a big four-wheel drive jacked up dually, you know, with an eight-inch lift kit and all that, and he looks at me and goes, oh, you know why guys have a truck this big, right? right. And and I said something slick to him that I'm not going to say on the air, Right. and I said, yeah, I'm packing. <laughs> and he laughed, and he goes, oh, you got me before I could get you. He goes, you're a cool dude. And, and I drove in, and then as soon as I got out my truck, Warren was getting something out of his car and he seen me and I was like my buddy Derek was like there, there's Warren Lane and I looked at him and I waved and he says hey Freddie I'm glad you made it yeah Warren's a very uh, congenial guy like he remembers he, it, he's got a memory like a steel trap it is incredible how intelligent how smart and more than anything, how humble that guy is. Yeah, he really is. It's and, just I mean, he's like, a good friend of mine. He, he, he keeps it low-key, you know. He, he's one of the best friends I have in my life, man. He's Me and him are like, you know, 
he's he's my brother, man. I always tell people, I told Warren this too, like Warren's one of those dudes that doesn't waste a single syllable in a sentence, doesn't doesn't over talk, doesn't I mean he listens more he's he's somebody who listens more than he talks. We're gonna walk around. Oh, we All right, bro. See you, brother. Yeah, the um yeah, and a lot of people think that he has a chip on his shoulder and it's he's not. a jerk, and he's no. not nothing like that, man. He's just he's you know, quiet and, and you know. he's a, an observe. He's a, he ob- observes the, the whole thing that's going on. He's taking in data all the time. I think that's with people that are super hyper intelligent like that. They're able to do the, uh, as many different things as he can do. Um, they're they're definitely in that. What was the first race bike that you had? When, you, when so you went to that race? I, I'm assuming you were hooked from that point, right? And and so you made a commitment that you were going to build a race bike, and now you have a whole race team, and you have a group of people that that you support and support you and, and stuff. And it's that's uh, Godspeed Racing. So yeah. Tell, tell me a little bit and about how you got from going to that first race to creating Godspeed Racing. Well, I went to the first race, and um, like I said, you know, um, I brought my sons there. And Warren let my son sit on their on on his motorcycle, his race bike there, and he just, you know, was really cool. And all the all the all the big, you know, big time chopper builders that were involved in the first Sons of Speed, you know, Paul Cox and freaking all them guys. Xavier, Paul Xavier, Cox, Moonshiner Josh. They were um, just so Rick friendly. Rick yep, Petco. Rick Petco, um, Rhett Rotten. All those guys were just so friendly to all my kids. Right. And the event was so cool. I was like, man, I would freaking love to do this. So, like I said, I met Tony at the gate. Later on that afternoon, Tony walked up to me and said, hey, man. He goes, what do you do for a living? I said, I'm a roofing contractor. He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, um. He said, where are you from? I said, Clearwater, Florida. Yeah. And he goes, oh, I'm doing a, I'm a general contractor, and I'm doing a job in Clearwater. I said, well, let's hook up and come by my house, and we'll hook up and go out to dinner or something. Right. That's cool. So that next week, he came to my house. We hooked up. We went out to dinner, and he seen all my motorcycles in my garage. And he goes, wow, you really do like motorcycles, don't you? I said, yeah, dude. I said, this has been my life since I was a little kid. I said, and... I said, I've always enjoyed um, the brotherhood and the motorcycles and stuff like that. He goes, so how'd you like the Sons of Speed? I said, I, I thought that event was really cool. He goes, yeah, I said, I'd like to do that. I said, but I can't afford that. And Tony goes, well, I'm too big to ride one of those bikes, and I'd like to be involved, so why don't we go halves on a bike? Right on. And so I that said... Was, that was the start of uh, the Todd Speed, or that was, was that the, just getting you... Getting, getting you thinking about it nope me and him right then and there made a decision um and me and him he called billy up on the phone and he asked billy hey man can you build us a bike for sons of speed oh no shit okay and um billy said absolutely and billy built my ninth billy built me a 1921 j model and the next race, that was in March. The next race was in um, Sturgis, which is in um, August. August. Yep. So from March to August, Billy built me a 1921. Me and Tony paid him. Me and Tony started Godspeed Racing LLC. And um, we bought an enclosed race trailer to haul all our race bikes around. And we just started from there. And now we got 11 race bikes and seven racers. And 
um, Godspeed Racing has been a, a vital tool to um, bring people into the Sons of Speed because I was just a, a novice. I never raced a bike in my whole entire life right? until I got on the track at Sons of Speed. One of the things that I, I've noticed about Godspeed Racing, you know, you and I have been friends now for several years, that you, there's some, there's, it's, it's bigger than just the bikes, it's bigger than just any one person, and it's not really a team as much as it is, it's, it's there's a fellowship piece in there, right? I mean, because you, oh, yeah. you, you provide, these, the folks that you have that you keep in your inner circle are all people that, I mean, we're all kind of like damaged toys, right? We've all got this little you know, this one piece or part of us that's that's not complete yet that, that you're trying to help put put together on that. Let's talk a little bit about some of your team some of your team guys and some of the people that have come through Godspeed Racing and some of the successes that you've had because of that. Because it's 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 a family concept and you've really put yourself out there monetarily and spiritually and that's a big thing for you. You know, you never yeah. hang up the phone without telling somebody you love them. You, you know, you, you make yeah. sure you do things for people that other people don't do like you gave when you came to my shop you gave me this beautiful cross with 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 christ on it that that means a ton to me and and i know you do that for a lot of other people too so talk a little bit about what that means to you and why that is such a critical piece that you put out in front of everything that you do um i've done i've done that i've given crosses to um several people but not a ton and i only give them to people that um are like-minded to have the same heart that I have and it's a reminder to them that they got somebody that has their back and that you know loves them and every time you look at that I want you to know that Freddie loves you right and that I'm here now all you got to do is call me and I'll answer the phone and that, that's the way it is I mean, I'm 55 years old today. It's my birthday. and Happy birthday, brother. You know, um, I spent 19 years in prison, you know, and I know what it's like not to have anything, and I know what it's like to be alone. I know what it's like to, you know, feel hopeless. I know what it feels like to, you know, um, not have people believe in you. I know what it feels like to have people look down on you and make you feel like, you know, you're always going to be this way. And I I felt that way for a long time in my life. And when, um, and, and I gave my life to the Lord while I was in prison. And thank God I did because it made some critical um, alterations in my thinking and the way that I handle myself, the way that I present myself. And um, the Bible says where much is forgiven, much is required. Right. And I know the things that I've done wrong in my life. And therefore, you know, um, and, and I know that the opportunity that I have today to present um, God in my life to people and to let people know that if I can do it, anybody can do it. You know, <laughs> if, if, if I made it the way that I made it, than anybody can. You took a and, hard road to get where you're at, but you're not the same person that you were yesterday, right? Every day no. we learn and grow as people, yeah. don't we? Yeah, and you know, um, I, from the very beginning, and, and I'm kind of glad that I found, you know, the route that I took, I have no regrets 
um, the route that I took has made me the man that I am right. today. That experience and that um, that hardship has formed me into being the person that I am today because without that, um, would I have the same passion towards people having their shortcomings and their mistakes and, you know, or would I just tell them, man, get the hell away from me. Yeah, if you, you didn't know? have, if you didn't go through something that, that galvanized what kind of a man you needed to be and, and the how to instead of seeking retribution and vengeance because you know they say our god is a vengeful god right but but forgiveness is something that is taught also and you have to forgive yourself yeah and you have to move on with with being the kind of man that you want to be and the kind of person that you want to be in a community of people and the people that have have come up around sons of speed racing in such a short time i mean we're talking we're not 10 years into this organization yet we have 22 race bikes here we've got all this is obviously i mean everybody on the grounds here is is passing through here and and checking out the bikes and, and it's just kind of awesome isn't it it is incredible it is completely incredible how um, this race isn't like any other race. Um, I've been to Trog, I've been to um, flat track races all over the country. I've been to hooligan races, I've been to vintage flat track races, I've been to all kinds of TT races. Um, but this race right here, it's more it's more than just a race, you know? The racing, the racing and the motorcycles is what's bringing us all together, but it's really not about the race, you know? It's, it's really- It's about community and everybody kind of all in one place, right? So, yeah, and it's like this, this brotherhood and sisterhood that we have here is unlike anything that you could ever experience when it comes to motorcycles and racing because um, yes, people are competitive and yes, people want to win, but more than anything, we're here fellowshipping and loving each other and enjoying our time. You know, when I first came to um, my first time in Daytona Bike Week or Laconia or um, any of the events that my father used to take me to, I was seven years old. Right. So I used to be able to walk down Main Street, he'd park his bus on the beach, and I could walk down Main Street, and people on both sides of the road would holler my name, hey, little Fred, where's your daddy at? And I'd say, Boot Hill Saloon. Yeah, right. You know? <laughs> and they'd be like, you better get back over there. And I would say, hey, give me a dollar yeah. and they would, you know, and not all of them had a dollar to give me, but most of them would reach their hand in their pocket and pull out four quarters or pull out a dollar bill and hand it to me and I'd walk away. And at the end of the day, I'd have three or $400 on the bunk bed in the school bus, counting my money from walking up and down because I knew everybody and everybody knew me. And that's what Daytona and this lifestyle was all about. And people would come from all over the country to come to Daytona 
because this was their opportunity to visit each other. I feel like that community piece of Daytona, because, you know, I tell people all the time, Daytona, for me, that was my mecca every year, right? I lived in Detroit, so coming down to Florida meant that I got some, some warm weather, I got to see, but I get to see people in the motorcycle community that I don't live by. Like, that's, that's right. one of the problems with our community, if there is one, is that we don't live by each other. So right. when we get FaceTime with each other, it's like, it's it's so meaningful. It's such an yes. important thing. And we get to do, and now we have all these other things that we do. We have meals together, right? We have, we have conversation together. We, we know, like we know each other's wives and yep. what they're doing and the kids and the grandkids and stuff now and all the motorcycle stuff. And you have, you have this giant Cheshire grin on your face right now because you're yeah. thinking of all these different things. Do you, how do we preserve the motorcycle community piece that you're talking about? Because there was a certain point in time, like I raised my daughters to, I tell them both, if you're ever in trouble, find a motorcycle clubhouse or a fire, a fire station. Those are the two safest places in the world for, for my kids. And it, just because I, I know my way around that. Right. And so you were saying you used to walk up and down the street cause you were safe. Everybody knew who you were and everybody yep. looked out for you. And I don't know that as a whole, the motorcycle world understands that as much as these smaller communities like the sons of speed community well and, it's not you know, the, the cycle source community and you right. know what i mean like and that's that and that's why you know you see, i see t-shirts all the time and i see signs all the time in harley dealerships and stuff like that and that says um the you know we are the legend right and i appreciate that but um it's a false statement I, because we are the legend you know they're just a dealership yeah we're the legend we're the ones that bought the amf motorcycles when they couldn't build them right when they had cookie the sheets that, under the under them yeah, in the dealers leaking we're the one that kept it all going and everything and people always make fun of amf you know they're like oh that's amf that's not harley that's not this that's not that and if it wasn't for i told people all the time if it wasn't for amf yeah. harley davidson wouldn't even be here anymore be I said it would just be a thought. It would be like I Indian, said, how it's been kind of re, re, I don't know, repropped up or reappropriated, yeah. right? Where people buy the name and the likeness, and they're doing a better job now than I think they've ever done as far as trying to trying to kind of capture what that was. But it'll, it, to me, it'll just, it'll never be the same thing. Well, you know? the difference between um, between the motorcycle um, community enthusiasts and the biker lifestyle they're they're two different things right you know and what we're dealing with in our family and our friends we're the biker lifestyle we're the community of bikers um i love anyone that gets on two wheels and i don't care if you're riding a suzuki or you're riding a honda or you're riding a harley davidson or a triumph or a bsa um a ktm a dirt bike I don't care what it is you're riding. If you're on two wheels and you like motorcycles and you want to ride motorcycles, man, I'm your friend and I love you and I think it's the coolest <laughs> thing ever. You know, um, motorcycles are just really the biggest sense of um, the biggest sense of freedom that an individual can have. When you're in a car, you're in a truck, or you're in a van, you're 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 in a cage and. You have no wind blowing through your hair. You yes, have no. It's not as visceral as what a motorcycle is, right? You don't. You're not using all four of your senses, right? Yeah. It's and and really, a lot of people that are in cars, they they could care less. Text messaging, you know, um, 
listening to the radio. I mean, now you got guys riding around with baggers with freaking radios that are louder than you can even stand. Yeah, I remember but, when, when I had the bike shop up north, a guy came in, he wanted to buy a communication system for his helmet. And I was like, but I didn't, I didn't stock him or have him. And he's like, well, I want to be able to talk to my wife while we're riding. And I was like, man, like, I kind of feel like you're, you're missing. I'm not disparaging somebody's wife. What I'm saying is, is you guys are missing out on an opportunity to have something to talk about when you get to your destination. Hey, did yeah. you see this? Hey, did you see that? Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, you know what it's like when you have your wife on the back of the motorcycle and she's poking you and pointing and yeah, look over there. And you know, I mean, it's such well, a, it's such a, an important thing you can do by yourself with somebody. I think, um, it's, I don't know. I'm kind of mixed about it. I like the idea because, you know, um, when my wife learned how to ride and she went through the riding school and she did it all on her own yeah because she wanted to ride and um i went for a few rides with her and in my town it's so dangerous she almost got run over a couple times and i wish we would have had helmets on to where i could have communicated oh, with right. her and talked her through things i said but also when we were in sturgis and she got to see buffalo and i'm so busy looking at turns and looking at the road in front of me that um, I wish she would have pointed some of that stuff out so I could have looked over and seen it. So it's kind of like, yeah, I can understand where someone wants to, you know, communicate with the person that's sitting on the back. But um, I, for the longest time, used to, oh, it was like helmet law sucks, helmet yeah, sucks. Yeah, I, I thought helmet sucks. Helmet law sucks. When we too, had a helmet law here. here, we all used to have stickers that said helmet law sucks. But after wrecking a motorcycle and being run over a few times, um, I think the law motor- still sucks. But helmets are pretty helmets cool. Helmets <laughs> are really cool, man. I think anybody that rides a motorcycle, if they were if they were really smart and not just want to look cool, um, they should all wear a helmet. Uh, I agree. I you know I I kind of I, I parrot that. You can when only I moved bump to- your head once. Yeah. the wrong way. And and I, I I well, it's like getting punched by the earth. I, uh, I, if you fall down on it, you know, when I moved down here from, from Michigan, I thought, cool, I never have to wear a helmet again. And then I rode around here and I was like, I'm going to wear a helmet everywhere. Now I have a full face. Yeah, that's what I have. Getting back to kind of the, the race series and stuff. You've seen it grown since the, since its Genesis. And now you have companies like Northern tool machine on board and you have 1620 workwear and you have, you know, obviously, um, Billy's got his cool hand speed coat that's, that's coming out where he's building bikes that you can, that actually have Harley titles that are, that are, you know, running driving motorcycles and and that are that you can you know you can just purchase one but tony. tony how you doing that's the man <laughs> um to see it grow and stuff well, t- talk to me about the first time that you you went around that oval in new smyrna was that the first time you raced no the first time i raced was in sturgis okay so talk a little bit about that. Like, you know, I mean, like walk somebody through somebody that's like doesn't understand. What do people not understand about Sons of Speed? Well, first of all, the Sons of Speed race, um, what makes you a, a, a good qualified person on a racetrack is seat time, experience. Right. You know, figuring out that... Um, you don't just look straight ahead that you actually look far 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 in front of you you know and you're on a half mile oval track and you're doing 60 60 miles an hour and that half mile oval track is um them turns come up very fast right 
So when you're doing 60 miles an hour on a half mile, it, it really seems like you're doing 100. I was going to add, that was my, my literally my next question is because, so some people, it's only 60 miles an hour. You're on 60 miles an hour on a bike with no brakes. 120-year-old technology on some of these machines, right? Or 100-year-old technology. Some of our bikes have no clutch or brakes. Right, so those are direct drive. Push push start, start, direct drive. Put your foot down to stop. (laughs) You say that the year before, not this past year, because the race didn't happen in the fall because of the the hurricane. We'll get into that. But the previous one, you came flying into the pits and used your feet to stop you, (laughs) and you kicked your shoes off because they got so hot. Yeah, they were burning the bottom of my feet. It was was quite fun. I, I felt bad yeah. for you because your feet were burning, but it was kind of it was very cartoonish to, to see that. Are yeah. you are you competitive in nature? Even I mean, I think competition is healthy. Are you competitive in nature, or is this thing just something that fills your heart with with joy, so you want to see it grow? Yeah, I'm not. Um, I'm I'm a com- I'm a competitive person. Um, any man is competitive. Yeah, right. Because that's that's the way we're born. You know. Um, a little when a little boy when a little boy is big enough to stand up on his own and, and take a step, the first thing he looks for is a stick to make a sword. Right. You know, yeah. a little girl when she's born and she's big enough to stand up and take a step, the first thing she looks for is a baby doll. Yep. So you know, um, men are men and, and and chicks are chicks, and you know we're created to be competitive with one another, and that's why. Um, the world is the, as big as it is. Yeah, that's why so, the, the human species has propagated and, and, and prospered. Dude, and, and 120 years ago, they were riding horse and buggies. Right. You know, we're, I mean, we're, we're flying to the moon now. We're, I mean, we've been doing that. Right. But I mean, they, I mean, look how, look how far advanced our, 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 um, our lifestyles and everything have come just in the last 120, 130 years. Yeah, there's and that's something, a very short time. There's something special about putting all of that aside, right? And getting on one of these one of these machines that's designed to propel you in a circle. Yeah. And it's 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 man, it's man against machine, man against man, man against the track surface, and all of the natural environment elements that come into play because the track's a different track if it's raining than it yeah. is if it's sunny out, right? Well, you know, right and what's not right when it comes to racing how to tune my motorcycle or anything like that but um when i went to the first sons of speed race and seen how inviting it was how welcoming it was and how much passion each other had and how everybody tried to help everybody keep their motorcycles on the track and I've been to other races to where everyone's so competitive and so concentrated on all they care about is winning and having the fastest motorcycle or having the best motorcycle or looking at the coolest or whatever to where they don't even want to talk to the guy that's 20 feet away from them in the next pit. And if they don't make the race, they're, they're happy about that because it's one less competitor. Yeah. And I think there's that says a lot about someone's character, I think. And that I'm not into. And that's the one thing that I'm so excited about Sons of Speed is we're all in this together. Right. We all just want to race and have fun. And our our event 
like this this coming up event in March, we got two days of practice for all the racers. Um, the first day, we all come together by ourselves, just the racers only and, and our pit crew, and we get on the track for testing and tuning. The second day, um, we do the same thing except for the VIP people that order a VIP pass for the pits. They can come and watch us practice as well. Yep. And then the third day, Saturday, um, we all race and we participate in having an event to where people know that um, Daytona was founded on racing. You know, Laconia and Sturgis and all those places, it was founded on um, these kind of events were founded on racing and fellowshipping and, and being, you know, coming together where people all over the country just can bring their bikes and, you know, have a competitive, friendly environment. And it's so commercialized now to where it's just about, oh, yeah, let's go hang out at Daytona and drink some beer and buy some T-shirts. Right. Well, and we're trying to bring back what and give people um, the opportunity to, to experience what these rallies were really incre- created for. It's funny when you when you talk about the racing piece of it. That's that's such a that's such a thing that's lost on a lot of the people, like you say, because they they go there. They're they're not going there for the wrong reasons, right? But they're not. They don't understand how the event got to be there. The, for, right. Your, Daytona they don't know the heritage of it. Yeah, Daytona's they, not at 100 years. Sturgis is coming up on it pretty soon, I think. Laconia hit 100 either this year or the year before. This That's 100 years of, yeah. of, of motorsports of, that, that has moved the needle for everybody. Yeah. Where were all these bikes at? Where were all these motors at? Where were all this technology at? Was it just sitting in people's barns? Yeah, they're... I, it used to be now now they're really hard to find you know i mean i got an my oldest motorcycle um that is you know track ready and ready to race is a 1918 harley davidson j model and um it runs my uh 1920 my 1921 um i don't really remember where billy um, got the engine. I he, get, he told me the story, but I don't remember it off the top of my head right now. But my 19, um, my 1926 Carry's bike that he races, Mean Green. We bought those two motors off of Buzz Cantner. Yeah. And they were in his office on a shelf as displays. And. Um, I seen a picture of Buzz in his office and I seen one of the motors and I called him on the phone and said, hey, Buzz, I said, you want to sell those motors? I said, "Um, I don't want to buy them to resell them or to make a profit on them or anything. I said, I want to buy them to build a race bike for the Sons of Speed to participate in the Sons of Speed. And he goes, Freddie, if you build race bikes out of those motors, he goes, I'll sell you both of them. And I bought both of those motors from Buzz for $15,000. I had to get them rebuilt by Matt Wassler. Um, I took them to North Carolina. <clears throat> from Wheels Through Time. Yep, Wheels Through Time. Matt Wassler um, rebuilt both of those motors for me. And um, by the way, um, neither one of those motorcycle motors since Matt has built those motors, um, neither one of them 
have been rebuilt since he built them or have blown up or broke down. So and we've raised them. his ability to, yeah. to know how to put something together that, that, and, that, that's that old. Yeah, and we've raced those motorcycles in several Sons of Speed races. Matter of fact, um, we've raced them since the third Sons of Speed. And there's been this. I think this is the 14th race. If there's somebody who who goes to these races and really likes it, and they don't know anybody in the community yet, they're not they're not actively engaged. But this is something that they they would really think they would like to do. Is this something that that is attainable for somebody who's willing to put the effort and and, and go without a couple of little things, maybe in other places, areas of their lives that they could start doing if they wanted to have a race bike and campaign it. Well, that's the, the nice thing about Sons of Speed is we consider ourselves outlaw racing. So we don't have all the rules and regulations of some of the vintage um, races like Arma and stuff like that. Right. Where everything has to be original and has to be, you know, stock and, and this and that. So, um, and we started, um, me and Billy talked about when he first um I think it was like race three or four, we did, we talked about starting up a 45 class. And um, to be honest with you, a 45 is starting to get expensive to parts and, and stuff are getting harder and harder to find. But if you're a, um, an entry level person that wants to get involved and just have fun, I'm not a competitive person. I'm not out there to win the race. You'll never see Freddie hold up a checker flag, I promise you. It's never going to happen because there's guys out there that like to race fast and to go fast. I'm out there for the fellowship and to have fun and, and enjoy myself and have fun and be with my friends. But these 45s, and, and that, that's what I think we're listening to right now. Yep, that's, that's these 45s were absolutely changed everything in Sons of Speed just based on the fact that they are so fast. Yeah, plus not not just because they're fast, but um, the wheels and the tires that are on them are, are very safe. Um, they're made for uh, asphalt racing. And um, they're also, they're affordable. You know, it, it invited a lot more people on a level of um, this sport to where they actually can afford to come and, and, and race and hang out. You know, I mean, some of these J model bikes, I mean, I got a 1915 board tracker over there that's worth $80,000. Yeah. You know, um, the number seven. That's not a bike you want to race. No. Um, the number seven bike over there that that we race, you know, um, just in the motor alone, um, just in the motor alone, we probably have um, $35,000 tied up in that. So, you know, so, I mean, you can buy two, you can buy two um, 45 racers for the cost of just the motor on that bike by itself. Let me ask you this. You know? So one of the concerns that people have, obviously, is, is the safety piece of it. And I was having a conversation with Warren several years ago, and I asked him if he was going to race again. He says he wasn't sure because he didn't want to get hurt, and he said he was ultra competitive. Yeah. So those two things kind of stuck with me. That he doesn't want to lose. That. He doesn't want to lose, <laughs> right? But he also doesn't doesn't want to get right. hurt. He's got you know, cash is is still yep. still young, and he's got young you know he's got younger kids and stuff, and which who and, and no one wants to get hurt anyways, but 
Um, as far as how things... That's from Barry Wardlaw. That's from Barry Wardlaw. Uh, <laughs> I love you, Barry. <laughs> um, are you, do, you, do you have safety concerns on, on, on race? Like, explain somebody what... what um, race I do dangerous. have safety concerns, but they're not um, concerns... They're not concerns that aren't... Um, that you're, you're popular. Yeah, I know. It's my birthday and everybody's calling me, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, they're not concerns that I have fear of... Um, that I have fear of being hurt. I mean, there's... I mean, I have more of a chance of being hurt taking my FXR out of my driveway and going down my street. About a year ago, I took my wife's Sportster out of my house because we hadn't rode it in a while and I just wanted to run some oil through it and, right. you know, just charge the battery or whatever. And I literally was a half a mile from my house and a kid sideswiped me and and a hit and run. And I went down. Um, I scabbed up my elbows and my hands. Um, I saved the bike, but... I have more of a chance of being hurt on the street. On the track, we have um, a controlled environment. Right. We're all going in the same direction. That's why we don't have brakes on our bikes because, you know, if someone panics and slams on the brake and you're doing 80 miles an hour behind them, you're going to run right over them. Yeah. So if something happens... And you need to, something happens to your bike or something happens, you, you know, um, you slow down and you go to the bottom of the track and you, and you get off the track and the race continues. Um, if someone wrecks, like there's been a few people that's wrecked and got hurt or what have you, um, it's, it's going to happen, you know. But we have safety checks and our bikes, we make sure that everyone is on the same page as far as, you know, um, safety wire, making sure there's no leaks, making sure that every all nuts and bolts are tight and everything's running in in um, a safe, you know, fashion. Um, of course, people are gonna, you know, um, go around a turn too fast and hit a wall or, you know, or do something um, that is of that nature. But that can happen in any any um, environment. I mean, look at Monday Night Football last last week. Yeah, you know? that was. Um, uh, yeah, that's scary. And um, I pray and I thank God that um, that young man is is coming through. Yeah. You know, I mean, he he. Uh, it was just an ordinary tackle, and you know the guy had cardiac arrest on the field, and they canceled the football game. And, you know, everybody was worried and everyone was concerned and he could have died from it. It was a normal tackle. The tackle that he had done probably a thousand times in his college career and his pro football career and his high school career. And at that one particular time, he just happened to get hit a certain way and look what happened. Same thing with this sport. You know, accidents are going to happen, man. Sure. So we just have to be prepared and ready for whatever is necessary. But, 
You know, we are we all maintain. Um, we're all like-minded. We're all have the same goal. Come here, have fun, fellowship with each other, eat some hot dogs with each other, um, <laughs> hug each other, kiss each other, and 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 race. And at the end of the day, when we're all saying goodbye, you know, we hug each other, we kiss each other, and we can't wait to see each other at the next race again. Yeah, because we have less you than, know? it's like 60 days away until Daytona. Yeah. We've got the Daytona race. There's a race in Tennessee, right? Yep. There's not one in Surges this year, or there is there's there um, talk of one? I mean, do you yeah. know yet? Do the racers know what the schedule is yet, or is that stuff we, that all Billy and Andy are, are handling? The reason why, um, no, none of the racers know anything, and um, Billy and Andy, or even myself, will not say anything about anything because the weather's so bad up there right now. Right. You know, they've had four months of freaking below zero weather. So until that's all cleared up and until they can actually make a decision what the hell they're going to do it, you know, we definitely can't be, um, we definitely can't be um, thinking about tearing up a frozen ground to try to make the track. Right. So, um, well, so we're, we're, we're going to have, we got events are going to be practices on Thursday that's not open to the public. Friday's VIP. Saturday is the race. You can get tickets at sonsofspeed.com, right? Make sure you're following Sons of Speed Racing on yep. uh, on social media, Instagram. You can follow the Garage Built Podcast, obviously. You probably already are if you're listening to this, but there's ticket information on there as well. Where can we follow Godspeed Racing and, and Fast Freddy on, uh, on social media? Um, I think you can go to billylane.net and, and order the tickets. Yeah, buy tickets. And if you are thinking about getting tickets, um, I would get them as soon as possible because um, the fire chief will, or the, the fire uh, marshal will only allow us to have so many people on the infield. So if you want um, the infield pass and you want to be in the pits and experience this race um, in up close and personal level, um, and this is a family environment. There's not drinking, there's not weed smoking, there's not, this is a really good family event to bring your children to so they can experience what, you know, 100-year-old motorcycles look like, man. I mean, what they we have sound a lot like. of fun, a lot, a lot of fun, and it's very exciting for little kids, and that's how you plant the seed, man. We're planting seeds and we're watering them. You know, we let God, we let God do the increase, man. All right, buddy. And, and that's what that's what we love about Sons of Speed and um, uh, Godspeed Racing and and um, you know I'm in the process right now of me, me and my brother are in the process right now of um, building a website to where people can come and um, you know buy T-shirts from Godspeed Racing to support our racers and to support us. But right now. Um, you just, just get on Facebook and look me up on Facebook, and it's my personal Facebook, but um, for Freddie Bullwich. And um, you hit me up there, I'll friend you. I friend everybody. Right on. I don't even have to know you. Just look me up, and you can <laughs> be my friend on Facebook. Well, happy birthday, but brother. I love you I love you, you guys. Do you want to you wanna, you wanna, you wanna close yeah. it with prayer real quick? Yeah, man, I would love that. Very good. You know, our Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, I just come to you, and I thank you, and I praise you. Me and my brother, it says we're two or more gathered together. 
um, in your name. You are there in the midst, and we just give you all the glory and honor. We praise you. We worship you, and we thank you for this fellowship. We thank you for opening the door of opportunity for us to be friends and brothers in this fellowship that we have. We give you all the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I love you, buddy. I love you too, bro. That's good.